Well, welcome to all of you. Delighted to see you. I'm delighted to be able to take you on a little journey in the next 30 minutes or so, which I believe that you will find interesting. I certainly have found it interesting in the years, two, two and a half years it took me to put together this book. Um, I do want to introduce Bob Flowers. Where's Bob? Did he? He is a dear friend of mine. He comes to my Bible study. He used to come to my Bible study on Thursday morning here. But he has a children's book. Bob is a, is a Renaissance man. He has conducted an orchestra. He paints watercolors. He writes poetry. And then he was for 30 years a plastic surgeon in Hawaii and lectures all over the world. He was very eminent plastic surgeon. He's written a little book of children's prayers that um, I, I read it and it's, it's, they say they're for children, but they've got one in here for what to, what to pray when a dog dies and I just loved it. I mean, but here's one that Ad, he wrote about Advent. God, I watched a candle lighted for Advent season. I'm excited. It's hope for good when all seems bad, for God was born to make us glad. Bells inside us, boys and girls, ring a bright and, and holy noise. They chime a song called Peace on Earth, Goodwill to All, it's Jesus' birth. Amen. Sweet, sweet book. So if you've got any grandchildren, children, or even my age, Bob's here, will be here, is here, and we'll sign the book for you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your hearts. That's more like it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those that came before us, that, that enables us to enjoy the beauty of this place, the expressions of love that are found in every nook and cranny. And Lord, may those be not just something to look at, but something that enters into our hearts about the majesty and glory of you and your son Jesus. So I pray that we'll see that as we talk this morning. Amen. I feel a little bit like um, the old medicine man. I don't know, some of you may not remember the old medicine, medicine man, but they, they always had a bottle of tonic. They'd come to the town square and they would hawk their, or their goods and he, they, about it would cure this, it would do that. And, and he would say, now if you don't believe me, read it right here on the bottle. So if you don't believe what I have to say this morning, read it right here in this book. <laughs> give you a little background. There are three histories that have been written by the, by the church, about the Church of the Advent. There's a book called Church of the Advent that was done by uh, Mitty Owens, Mitty McDavid Owens in the 1940s. And then two books by a woman by the name of Rebecca Towers, uh, she wrote one called The Strength of Her Towers, 
and another how firm a foundation, one in 73, one in 1990. The second one is kind of just a repeat of the first one with a little bit added to it. The, um, those histories, of course, I have drawn on. Uh, this is not really a history of the Advent per se, but I've drawn on those histories, footnoted it where I, where I did, and I've had some tremendous people uh, that have helped me. Alice Bausch is one who is the uh, histor historiography of the Advent. She has a, had a wealth of material that was very, very helpful. Then when I first started writing, and I was going to, I was doing this uh, nativity window here on the left, and um, I started describing it, and I realized real quickly that I didn't know anything about stained glass art. And for me to begin to describe the art in, involved in this would be a disservice to anybody. But God took care of that. We were cleaning out a file on Labor Day, and I, there was an art. There was a four-page document, no author, uh, about the Advent and, and its windows. And in it, it said that there was there was a lady by the name of Alice, by the name of um, Janice Ford Freeman, who had written her master's thesis in stained glass art uh, on churches in central Alabama between. 1870 and 1915, I think, something like that. And four windows was, were part of her dissertation. So I went looking for her to find only that she used to be a member of this church. She's now at Grace Church. And so I hired her to, to do the uh, descriptions as a professional of stained glass art. So you'll see that with each of the various... Um, windows and other just you know, just the windows stained glass here but there's stained glass more than just here there's stained glass back in the chapel in the baptistry the stained glass in the in the chapel the stained glass by the by the baptistry the um let me give you a little bit of early history of the advent as you probably know birmingham was founded in december of 1871 the Advent was founded in January of 1872. The Elton Land Company was the founding legal entity. They bought something like 4,000 acres of land. And the chairman of the board of Elton Land Company was a fellow by the name of Josiah Morris. And the, the land company decided to donate to five churches land. And that would be the Methodist Church, ours, Presbyterian, Baptist, which is no longer there. It's a, now a, um, I think a Cadence Bank um, drive-through in the Roman Catholic Cathedral. We got the choice location because Josiah Morris was an Episcopalian. And, and he went to church, and he's from Montgomery, and stayed in Montgomery. And so this was a choice residential setting because the town was going to be down near the railroad tracks. 
So all the the houses all over all over this area. The by 1872, we had built a frame church. where Clingman Commons is now located. It held 200 people. And it was the church, it was enlarged twice, and to, to the point that it held 400 people by the time uh, of its demise. What happened in 1892, 20 years after it was built, it had been enlarged, it said enlarged twice, Right after the service on Thanksgiving Day, the church burned down, burned the ground, and some few things were saved. Some silver that is in this uh, sacristy was saved, but I think there's four, there's four things in here. The brass eagle is one that had been given in 1879. Uh, there's a parapet under it which came in in 18, 19, 1940s. The, you might see some carvings there. That's Elijah and Elisha over there. The um, baptismal font, which is over in the, what we call now the baptistry, but when that building, when that was redone, it was called the children's chapel. They used to hold Sunday school in there. Um, but the, but, but, but the baptistry's in there, and I mean, the font's in there, it's 1871. The altar cross that's there had been given to the church in 1889. It was given by a name Person, William Person. He was an engineer that laid out the city of Birmingham. Very active parishioner, helped in building the old church and was very active in this church. The uh, cross is given as a memorial to his wife, who he'd been married to for 30 years, and also his daughter. His wife died, six, six months after his wife died, his daughter died, and she was 18. And I have the diaries that he wrote with those, about both of those deaths in the, in the book. Um, it'll touch your heart. It'll tell you something about the people that believed what they believed uh, in eight, in the early late 1800s. The um, so those are the three things that survived the fire: was the brass eagle, the baptism font, and the altar cross. The present building in 1892, um, when this when the old building burned. The present building had been roofed and floored. We don't know when it was started. We do know that in um, 1887, it appears that the footprint of this building appears on a, on a map. So it was, it was at least the footprint, the foundation had been laid in 1887. But in 1892, they were trying to finish it and almost had it finished so that when the building burned we had to meet elsewhere and I can't remember I think we may have met at the opera house or somewhere and um, but 
but we didn't we didn't stop Lenten lunches in Lent. We did that at First Presbyterian Church in 1892, and then in the fall of 1893, it was 1893 we did that. Fall of 1893, this church was completed. Now, I want to do a little bit of well, I want to mention one thing to you that I thought you would enjoy. There was a, there was a lot of fundraising going on to try to pay for this. This was not an easy easy pro, uh, process, and the women of the church were very very active. It seems like even a lot of these early windows were paid for by the women of the church. But the women of the church wanted to put on a kermis, and a kermis is a dance uh, of various European nations coming to, to demonstrate the various kinds of dances they had um, as, as part of a fundraiser. And so this is what happened. In 1890, a fundraising project for the new church basically shook the foundations of Birmingham's church-going society. It all started when the ladies of the Church of the Advent sponsored a kermis which portrayed the dances of different nations. They thought this was to be entertaining as well as educational. Although the sole purpose was to raise money for the new building, a church denominational uproar ensued. To recite the newspaper reports at the time, we are told, and I quote, even stately dances in pageant, in, in a pageant seemed wicked to Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian ministers. A union preachers meeting in Birmingham unanimously endorsed the stand taken by the Alabama Methodist Christian ad advocate which declared that, quote, a church that would do such things for the purpose of making money is rotten at the very core. <laughs> it ought to be stamped out of existence for the aroused by, by the aroused righteous indignation of an outraged public. <laughs> and this just shows the spirit of the advent. In spite of the criticism, the Kermit was duly performed. <laughs> the Birmingham News rushed to the advent's defense, asserting that there was not as much evil in the Kermit as in the bit of bigotry dis displayed in its denunciation. Now, I want to take you on a... Back, I want to take you back in time. We're going to look at, we're going back to 1902. 1902. If you had been a churchgoer here in 1902, the pulpit would not have been there. As a matter of fact, we're going to go Easter Day, 1902. Easter Day was the first day that we had the altar, and the, what is behind the altar is called the Reredos, R-E-R-E-D-O-S, the Reredos. And that had just come from Bavaria, from Munich. And also coming at the same time was this painting, the rare, what is now known as the Reredos painting what is officially known as the Rare Dose Painting. There's a, a newspaper article in Holy Saturday in March of 1902 that says 
a lot about all of this. And it says that the painting was a copy of another painting by a man by the name of um, Enrique von Hess, who is a noted portrait painter back in those days. Well, I started looking for, and he, he was supposed to be a copy of an unfinished work of the Last Supper, and it was done in this vertical form. Most, most pictures of the, of the Last Supper are done horizontally, as you know. <clears throat> but his was supposed to be vertical, and this was supposed to be a copy of it. So I got to looking for this copy. And I ended up writing the, a museum in Munich and asked them if they had the, had the copy. It was told, said that, the, that they had the original. And I sent him a copy of our painting. <clears throat> and he sent back and said, he sent me a picture of the, of the original. He said he didn't see any likeness at all. And there isn't any likeness to speak of. There's one character, the one to Jesus' left that's sitting down, uh, who's probably John, the disciple that Jesus loved. That that's the only similarity, but nevertheless, that's our painting. It has uh, it is in poor condition. You would probably be too if you'd been there since 1902, with no air condition in this building until I don't know when. It was so noteworthy in 1933 that I included it in the book that that's when fans were installed on the side walls. Um, and then even when we had air conditioning, I don't know if we kept it on 24 hours a day. Now, of course, we do. It's also the painting was put on boards, kind of, so to speak, and it um, was not a good thing to do. But I, again, art is not my forte either. And so I got Amanda Adams to write the section on the book about the painting and she did a beautiful job and she'll tell you about some of the things it, we've looked in a number of years ago we looked into restoring it and it cost, well, it cost at least a hundred thousand dollars and I'm not sure it can be restored I'm not sure if we take it down we will destroy it but window, window wise we would have had on the left hand side which you cannot see Gabriel, and it's Gabriel Christmas time, you know what Gabriel did. And then the next window, that was done in 18, uh, Gabriel was done in 1893. That would have been there as soon as they opened the church building. And that, that is um, dedicated to Mrs. Letty Forbes, who was apparently active in the Sunday school, and she died in 93, and apparently they wanted to honor her. And her husband was Thomas Forbes, and he was real active here for a long time as a layman. He helped establish St. Andrew's Church with the Red Door up near UAB. And then he went off to seminary and became an Episcopal priest and served in a church in Virginia for the rest of his life. The next window is the Nativity. It is... Uh, the, the artist, is anybody here in the art studios, stained glass art studios? I won't bother to tell you what they are. 
there about the, a lot of them we don't know. There are three prominent ones here, and they they are indicated on your outline. <clears throat> no, they're not. No, they're not either. Um, I just point out the bottom of the nativity window is Genesis 3:15. It's the snake in the garden tempting Adam and Eve. And the, and the quote from Genesis 3.15 is under that window uh, where it says, And I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Then the second coming window is here. All this is, is this is the church of the Advent. So everything up here has to do with the Advent. And so first coming as a baby second coming at the end of the world who's going to be who's going to announce the second coming Michael so the Michael window you can't see second window second coming window is there now I want to I want to do a little terminology with you that area up there from the altar rail forward is known in, and this is for traditional churches, is known as a sanctuary. Now you go to most Protestant churches and you're sitting in the sanctuary. But if you want to sit in the sanctuary here, you've got to go up there and sit. The, from the altar rail to the bottom of these stairs is called the chancel. The and that's usually what you'll find in this chancel. That's where the choir is and so forth. Traditional churches always faced east. Why? That's where Jesus is coming from the second time. The, and that's why the choir, if you notice when they say the creed, the choir turns and faces east. And we're already facing east. And why are we doing that? When we, why are we reciting the creed? Because if he's coming right this instant, we're saying what we believe, which is going to mean that we are going to be with Jesus for an eternity. This traditional churches were in the shape of a cross. Ours is little bitty. Uh, the, the little indentation is called the transept. And this area here is called the crossing. And then the area where you sit are sitting is called the nave. It's an upside down boat patterned after Noah's Ark. What's significant about that? Noah's Ark represents being safe from the judgment of God. And that's where we are when we are in we are in the nave. If you go on out to the wooden doors on the other side, a lot of you have never been to that. Probably never come through those doors because you always come in this way. But there are carvings out there that are Advent carvings. Those, those doors were given by Major Tutwiler. We'll talk about him in a minute. If I don't give out of time. Um, now, 
we have the circular window up there is, is a, a later addition. That's John the Baptist. What used to be up there was a, cher- a, a stained glass window of a cherub. It was done in, in 19, uh, 1893 along with um, these other early windows. And we've, we don't know what happened to that window. It's gone it, when, when it was replaced in the 40s. The um, other things up there that are of note, I've already covered for you the, well, the processional cross that we use every Sunday. I don't know if it's up there right now. That came in 1897. And then the Rio dos painting we've talked about. So then we'll go to the north transept. This is the transept. And that's the, tra- I mean, the indentation. The north transept. And this is an area of events in the life of Christ. And you'll see on the... By the way, these windows are called um, lancet. This is called a triple lancet. What's a lancet window? A, a, a lancet window is a window that's pointed at the top, usually found in Gothic-style cathedrals. So this triple lancet... On the right-hand side is, is Jesus being baptized. And, and the Father up at the top, as you see. On the left-hand side is Jesus as a 12-year-old talking to the uh, priest. And then in the middle is the transfiguration. This is given by, in honor of Judge Mudd, by his, I think, 11 children, Actually, he's living children, but he had 11, all, all 11 up there, up there. Judge Mudd was an interesting fellow. He lived, he's, he's the one that built the Grove, which became Arlington, um, which is now known as Arlington. And he was a um, judge, and he got elected on, um, let's see where... He got elected as a Whig, a Constitutional Unionist, a Republican, and a Democrat. <laughs> and never, one, never was kicked out of office. And he was, he was one of the original, there was a, I should have told you, there was an early Episcopal church in Elyton, St. John's in Elyton. Elyton is out there where Arlington is, if you know where that is. And he was one of the, the original signers of the charter for... Um, the church at St. John's, but he was in, uh, on the Constitutional Convention after the war. He was a Unionist during the war and, and been criticized for it because the, uh, the Northern generals came to him and he told them what fortifications they had in Tuscaloosa because he was for the North. Uh, but he did, he was in the Constitutional Convention that. Uh, was written, was done in 1865, and his his committee was the one that moved that Alabama be restored to the Union. So interesting people that have been involved in um, what we what we have here. On the left hand side, we have the south transept, 
And these windows, by the way, are done by Mayor of Munich. They're, they're, to me, they're the prettiest windows. Um, the, the, um, this is another, another, as you can see, a triple lancet. And the ascension's on the right-hand side. Jesus' resurrection is on the left-hand side. And the... Um, no, the, re yeah, the resurrection is on the left and the cross is in the center. Interesting that Janice Ford Freeman observed and the crucifixion uh, window. If you look up there, Jesus is like a Y. If you want to know who, this, who he died for, Jesus is like a Y. Down here at the bottom with the lady that has her arms like this is an O. And then between Jesus' feet of those two people standing is a U. So you can look at that. Go ahead. You can look at that and, and see that, be reminded that Jesus died for you. This window was given by, it's 1902, we're still in 1902 historically. It was given by Robert and Eugenia Jemison, very, very active members of the Advent. He was, Jemison was on the vestry from 1884 to 1926. You didn't, you didn't leave the vestry back in those days unless you died or became disabled or left town. And he was, Jemison was um, senior warden for 16 of those years that he served. He lived right across the street. If you walked out right out of the day school driveway where the children let off, right across the street, that would have been Robert Jemison's home. Now his, his, his son, Robert Jemison Jr., that Jemison Trail and all those are named for. The senior, Robert Jemison, was, a, was involved in transportation. Uh, he started a horse cart as a means of, of the various communities being able to come into Birmingham. And it was during that time that we had, we, we increased, because now these people could, could get to Birmingham, that we had increased the seating of the old chapel by 120 people, which I, and actually were mule carts. So I call that evangelism by mule cart. The, uh, he also had, he had an insurance company. He founded the Birmingham uh, Railroad Light and Power Company that, that building that's being donated has been donated by the Alabama Power Company at Powell. Powell, by the way, was one of the uh, members of the Eaton Land Company. That Powell steam plant was was from his original power company. The now going back over here on the right on the uh, north wall, and th this is. Um, the north wall is all of Christ's miracles, 
except the last window, which is the Apostles' Creed. The south wall, you don't have to look there right now, the south wall are parables. So windows, I mean, um, miracles, parables, except the last window, which is the Lord's Prayer. So we go over the first um, triple lancet, which is three different events in Christ's life. It's the feeding of the 5,000. That's the one on the left. The marriage feast at Cana in the center. And the raising of Jairus' daughter on the right-hand side. That was given by, in memory of Nellie Cobbs Phillips, the middle one was. She was... Um, She was John Herbert Phillips' wife, and he was the educator that came to Birmingham. He almost didn't get here. The city commission voted five to four to call him. He was in Ohio because they, they were afraid he would Yankeeize Birmingham. And in a sense, he did because he was, he was very forward-thinking in having equal library facilities for the blacks as well as for the whites and so forth. But he was not a member of this church. He went to the Methodist church, but she was our organist, Nellie Cobbs. Then um, the next one is the raising of Jairus' daughter. That's the um, memorial to the daughter of the, one of the early pastors, Thomas Beard, uh, interesting, very interesting man. We've got a biography, a short biography of him in the book. Uh, he was our longest. He was he was here when the building was built. We owe a lot to him, and there's a plaque that says that over there. Then I'm still I'm in trouble here. Um, I think I. The only thing we can do now is just look at the little outline I gave you. The um, if you go back to the we've, the prodigal son in 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 continuing in my 1910 thing, the, see these windows, these first two on this side in 1910 would have been here, and the rest of them would not have been here. And then uh, you have the Good Samaritan on the on the north wall. You have um, Christ feeding the 4,000, and then the Apostles' Creed, and then on going up the south, the uh, south wall, you have after the prodigal son, and the prodigal son, by the way, needs to be read from the right pane to the left pane. If you don't read it that way, it looks like we've got two good Samaritans up there. Uh, so you read that first window there from the right pane when the prodigal is a young man to the left pane where he's out with his pigs and so forth and then the center pane where he's coming home the um, the next one's got three different things in it Jesus called the disciples Sermon on the Mount and then the, then the Good Samaritan and then finally the Lord's Prayer. And I would love to tell you some about, I don't have time, but some of the people that gave those and 
Um, uh, DeBartolabin was one of them. Uh, Tutwiler is one of them. And you, you know those names from the history of Birmingham. And But um, you just have to read the book. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, those um, that have gone before us and have made it so clear what your, their witness was to you gives us the joy of joining them to be witnesses to your light. Because, Jesus, you are the light of the world. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for the place that we have to worship. In the name of Jesus, amen.